backpackers, travelers, and globetrotters from all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Itchy Feet by Nomad Coops. Today we're heading off to Central America for the first time. We're going to make our way to Costa Rica. We're going to be joined by a friend of mine called Kobe. I met her about two years ago on Rayleigh Beach in Thailand. Out there she was a tour guide and also working for a hostel in her spare time. But she took some time off and went and traveled Central America. There she discovered the beauty of Costa Rica. So she's given us the time to tell us her stories and her tips from her journey. So sit back, relax and enjoy Costa Rica. Kobe, welcome to Itchy Feet. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm really good. Today, it's all about Costa Rica. You made your way out to Central America. Did you do all of Central America together? I did. Uh, I booked a one-way to Panama and just kind of bust my way all the way up to the Yucatan. I went downward, so this is going to be quite interesting crossing over here. Yeah, I feel like most people go down. It's always good to go down. Ah. <laughs> I started in the Yucatan and I finished in Colombia. What was your first stop? I flew straight to Panama City and then I worked my way up to Costa Rica and my first stop was Puerto Viejo. Let's work our way downwards because I think most people do go downwards so we're going to go reverse yeah. to what you Yeah, did. they definitely, they definitely um, do. See, I started up in Tamarindo. I'd come down from Nicaragua. I'd just done Sunday Fun Day there. Oh my God. And made it straight into Tamarindo. And I was actually with an American at the time and he called it Tamagringo. Is that sort of the feel in America? Have you ever heard of that? No, I, I, I hadn't heard it called that. It reminded me a lot. Have you been to San Diego? No, I haven't. It reminded me a lot of like areas of La Jolla. Is that like a big surfy town? Yeah, I mean, San Diego in general is pretty laid back, surfy, but it's also um, pretty upscale. And so I feel like Tamarindo felt like a Southern California city to me. And the prices were pretty spot on as well. Yeah, especially coming from Nicaragua where it was quite cheap, coming across the border into Tamarindo, everything was like super expensive. The surfing was quite good though for a beginner. I was a beginner back then. But Tamarindo had a cool feel about it, I thought. It was super chill, beachy sort of town. I stayed in a hostel called Selena. Oh yeah. They're massive all throughout Central America though. Huge. Did you stay in any of those? I stayed at a couple Selenas. Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't. It was definitely, you had to be in the right mood because it's such a party hostel. I didn't stay at Selenas there. I stayed... It was called like Puerto Vida mini hostel or something. Yeah, everyone has like hostel nightmare stories and things like that. I wouldn't call it a nightmare story, but it definitely wasn't a good one. I was in that Selena in Tamarindo in a hostel dorm with seven girls. You always have that fight over the air conditioner. Like, is it on 22? Do we want it on 24? Do we want it on 20? Do we want it on, you know? No one ever wants it on 28. These seven <laughs> girls did. 28 is not an air conditioner. <laughs> That's not a comfortable temperature. No, I change it down to 23 because 23 is like the global temperature for an air conditioner. I come back after a night out or whatever. Here's these girls asleep. The air con's on 28. So I end up <gasps> oh next morning, God. I'm like, guys, can we turn this down? Like, this is ridiculous. They're like, no, no, any colder and we freeze. I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> like... Anyway, yeah, not important. But yeah, it was pretty quiet when I was there in Tamarindo itself. I didn't really hit much of the nightlife. Did you get a chance out there at all? From what I remember, there were certain like clubs and stuff that ran different seasons. When we were there, the guy that worked there was telling us how it was like the last night for one of these clubs that was like near the beach. So we all drank at the hostel and then went down there and it was ladies night or something. Basically, it was free drinks for women. It's like that's everywhere in Central America. Yeah, it got sloppy. <laughs> but then, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just some random place. They're like, oh, this is the last night for this season. Have fun. And I was like, well, okay. 
I don't know, the nightlife to me in Central America was very hit and miss. Costa Rica, I would say it was pretty much the same. Like Costa Rica has such a big reputation, especially with Americans, I find. There's a lot of Americans that talk about going to Costa Rica and stuff like that. And I think that's where Tamarindo has got its nickname, Tamagringo, because it's not that far away from America itself. You miss Mexico, you go down to Costa Rica. It's pretty tourist friendly. A lot of people speak English there. The next destination after Tamarindo that I would recommend hitting anyway would be Monteverde. That mm-hmm. being said, I didn't actually get there. I was traveling with two friends. They went to Monteverde. I went straight on to the next location. But Monteverde, from what I've heard, is pretty cool for some zip lining out there. It's really natural. Yeah, it was super beautiful. I stayed at a place called Hostel Kawadi Place B&B. And the guy who worked there was so nice. He like organized everything we wanted to do. He was just so helpful, just like the nicest guy ever. And they had like a restaurant and like breakfast was included, which I always love. But they have the cloud forest, which is I think the main reason that I went there. It's kind of just like a rainforest and they have these hanging bridges that are like up in the canopy. And so with all the humidity and precipitation and stuff, you are kind of walking through these clouds. And you can just do tours like from out of your hostel to things like that? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they picked us up. It was about 35 bucks. They picked us up, drove us there. And then there were all these hanging bridges. We just kind of got to walk around this park and explore and stuff. And then there was a hummingbird garden. Did it get cheaper Um, as you made your way down there? Because where I went next, I went to La Fortuna next, which was a hell of a lot cheaper than Tamarindo. Was Monteverde the same? I think everything was a hell of a lot cheaper than Tamarindo, but... I feel like Costa Rica was just, it was more expensive than I had anticipated yeah. having spent so much time in Southeast Asia. The cloud forest was 35 bucks. The zip lining, I think 55 bucks, I think. My friend said that it was unreal. Yeah, my friend did that, like the Superman one where you're like laying oh, I, all yeah, flat okay. out. Yeah, yeah I, but, I did one of those in, uh, in Chiang Mai in Thailand, actually. That's really cool. So I made my way to La Fortuna after Tamarindo. La Fortuna was my favorite place in Costa Rica. I found it to be really chill super relaxing yeah i I can see that yeah like i'd been on the road for a while at that stage and you know when you're moving along really quick you just want to slow down and stop for a bit i had this really cool hostel it was called the arenal backpackers resort super cheap great swimming pool had a slack line across it to have some fun on really chill vibe in the kitchen and the bar area Yeah, it was so much fun to the point where like I spent days just at the hostel because it was like, well, I'm just going to stop here for four or five days. That's when my friends went to Monteverde, but there were some really cool places out there. Did you get to do the natural spas? Yeah. So the place that I stayed had a free shuttle service, I guess. And it like kind of went around the town and like dropped you off at the spots. But the girl that I had met traveling and I met these two girls that were super nice. They had rented a car and they were like, oh, we're going to go exploring. Do you want to just come with us? So we were like, yeah, sure. So we hit the hot springs, but we were there in rainy season. So I think one day we got totally rained out and it's, you know, like a lot of outdoor activities. So we ended up not doing a big hike that we had wanted to do near the volcano because it was just pouring. So we ended up going to see some butterfly conservatory instead, but it, the rain let up enough for us to hit the free hot springs. I did the hot springs as a part of like a little package thing where we went to the volcano, we did the uh, national park walk and you know this long rope bridge thingy. And to be honest, I thought it was a little bit of a, a bit of a wank. Like it wasn't really worth what it was. Mm-hmm. Like you could see and do all that on your, on your onesome. Yeah. But at the end, it took us to the hot springs, which I was really keen to check out, which was one of the main reasons I did the, the toury thing. And then we got there and I realized, wow, this is literally just on the side of the road. Did you go to the free hot springs where it's like like an underpass and then it's like a cement tunnel? (laughs) 
like if if you put that in the middle of like New York or something and took the water away, you'd think it was just a tunnel. There's graffiti on the sides of the walls. You walk yeah. through that tunnel and it's I mean, granted, it's it's really nice and warm on your feet, and then once you get in, it's really nice. And There's ha- more nature, but <laughs> but it's even got like the pools as you work your way down. It was really pretty once you sort of yeah, it was a unique experience being so close to the road and in the middle of what feels like a drain and then end up opening up into these pools, these these hot springs. So I went back like two days later and took some friends that had come and caught up with us. That was just a little bit west of La Fortuna, a short drive away. But the other spot that I do really recommend is the swimming hole out there. There's a rope swing. It's a little bit south. It's about one kilometer. What's that? 0.6 mile walk south of La Fortuna. And you just sort of follow this goat path a little bit. Next thing it opens up to this like swimming hole. It was just what I liked about La Fortuna. It was very simple. And a lot of things yeah. were cheap and free and easy to do once mm-hmm. you figured out where they were. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think that the main obstacle was like transportation. And for me, rain, it poured for the entire yeah. time I was there. <laughs> yeah, I think with transportation, just in general for Costa Rica, I think if you have a few people, it's probably best to just get a car. It opens up a lot of opportunities for everywhere around Costa Rica. It also keeps you on your own time. And it's quite expensive getting around public transport anyway. So you're probably not spending a whole lot more to do something like that if you've got three or four of you. Well, and the public transportation takes so long. You look at Google Maps to see how far it is, and then you double the time. And it was always at least double, sometimes a little bit more. Yeah, nothing's ever direct. Mm-mm. You always have to go back to San Jose. Speaking of which, San Jose was where I went to next. If I have any tips aside from that hostel in La Fortuna mm-hmm. for anyone going to Costa Rica, unless you need to, don't go to San Jose. I can, I can confidently say from my experiences, San Jose is my least favorite, least desirable city I've ever been to. Ever. Ever. Wow. Ever. Wow. There's some shock what, tourism what, for what you. What did San Jose do to you? San Jose didn't do much to me, and that was the problem. <laughs> I don't know. Did you go there? You didn't go there? Nope. I went there several times to change buses because, again, everything has to go back, and there's so much backtracking. And fun fact there's like six bus stations in yeah. San Jose, and you never end up at the one you're supposed to be at for the next bus. And no one was particularly helpful in no. letting us know which station we were supposed to be at or which bus. It was the only place in Costa Rica where I felt people were deliberately not helping. Yeah, I did not care for my experiences. Apparently it's quite unsafe in San Jose, which I had been told. So we were pretty vigilant on on our safety and stuff like that. So we got to San Jose bus station. It'd been a long bus ride. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we get to this bus station. I'm like, where the hell are we? Okay, here we are. I've got to get to here. No worries, cool put in our backpacks and we start walking. It's pissing rain. You know, you never feeling great after a long bus ride anyway. I'm walking along and I'm just not in a good mood. I was at a point where I wasn't going to deal with any shit. I just wasn't in the mood to be taken advantage of by anyone who might attempt such thing, which was a great time to come across a mugger. Oh no! Yes! Oh! (laughs) So I'm walking along, backpack on, head down, and this guy straight in front of me just goes, give me all your money. And I've just like looked up with my eyes, made eye contact and said, not fucking now, mate. And just kept, <laughs> and just kept walking. No. And I literally just walked straight past it. It was just like not in the mood. And like, it sort of took a little bit for me to register what I'd just done because I didn't mean to sort of try and be this tough guy sort of thing. I just wasn't in the mood. Like, 
I wasn't you were not for anyone it. to try and sell me anything or you know I wasn't expecting someone to try and mug me like and so not I've just sort of, I've, I've walked another like five meters and then I, I've triggered I've gone holy did I just is that guy trying to mug me and I've sort of swung around a little bit to like look at him and like see if he's still Don't there go back no 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 I didn't I didn't I, I kept walking <laughs> but I looked behind and this guy's standing there perplexed looking at me he's just like what <laughs> what just happened this, this has never happened to me before no usually when i ask for someone's money they either go with it or you know run away this guy's just told me he's not in the mood and expecting <laughs> me to be okay with it but sure enough i mean ultimately i think he probably looked at the candidate and it was this sweaty wet backpacker that wasn't in the mood and what was he going to gain some wet dirty clothes like don't rob a backpacker what do you gain so we don't have anything no. anyway no, I think maybe a camera if you're lucky. Which I'd, I don't even carry those with me anymore. I didn't even have my wallet. I'd lost <laughs> my wallet at Sunday Fun Day in Nicaragua. Yeah, anyway, so that was my experience with San Jose. I went in, I found my hostel. The hostel was heavily protected and fortified. Yeah. Um, and then in the afternoon, it cleared up a little bit and I went for a walk into like the strip mall area. Yeah, it didn't get any better from there. It wasn't pretty. No one was particularly nice. I don't have much positivity from San Jose. There's just, there's so many better places. You know, if you're limited time, you know, there's so many other things I'd much rather see. Yeah. Fly in, fly out of San Jose. Bus in, bus out of San Jose. Don't hang mm-hmm. around. Where did you go instead of San Jose? Tortuguero, which was incredible. And I don't speak Spanish, so I am pronouncing everything terribly and I apologize. That's right. I'll forgive you. It was the coolest place. Getting there took 12 hours. We had to take a water taxi, a public bus, a regular bus, another taxi. It was insane. And the entire time I was super sick. I couldn't eat or drink anything. I was like coming out of both ends. Like I was not well for this entire 12 hour journey. But it's the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like I lived in Riley, one of the top five beaches in the world with some of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen. But the sunset in Tortuguero was like hands down. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, oh my God. I can't. (laughs) Like, I'm just picturing it now. It was just orange and hot and fuchsia, hot pink. Like, and it was the whole sky. It was just incredible. And I guess they're kind of known for having these unbelievable sunsets. And so. Yeah, I've never heard of this place. Like, what is it? Basically, I love animals. Just super into biodiversity, animals, plants, nature. I just think it's the shit. So I kind of tried to find places that had a lot of nature. So it is obviously very secluded and super hard to get to. And there's not much there other than like seeing nature. There's like a number of activities that everyone does. So there's this like sunrise canoe trip from like 5am to 9am. And you kind of see sunrise out in a canoe. My friend and I booked, we, you know, had a local guide with us and we were just out on the water rowing around and he was just pointing out wildlife. We saw caimans, we saw monkeys. It was like Disney's Jungle Cruise, like the ride, but in real life. I was so happy. This is one of the places where a bunch of sea turtles nest and we just happened to be there during nesting season. Actually, fun fact about turtles just before you get going. (gasps) I did some turtle conservation for two months in Malaysia. When they breed, they breed with a nest in a spherical shape. And the gender is determined by how hot the egg is when it hatches. Mm -hmm. So the ones on the inside are naturally hotter than the ones on the perimeter. So they end up turning into women. Easy way to remember this is hot chicks. They're in the middle. All right, yeah, I like that. And then they're surrounded by cold guys. But as climate change goes on, if the sand increases in heat by one degree we're only going to have chicks. There's going to be no cold guys. It's going to throw off the ratio. 
uh, in Costa Rica, there were quite a few more people and a lot of big groups. And so we all had to kind of like rotate around watching um, the nesting. I feel but, like it'd be quite a popular thing for people to go and see though, like quite a few tourists around. Tons. Like it was probably the most crowded activity I did in all of Costa Rica. How did you go with but, all the food and stuff in Costa Rica? I'm a big foodie and I found it to be rice and beans and not rice much else. And beans, rice and beans are some of my favorite foods. That being said, I did kind of get sick of rice and beans and meat for every meal. I think also part of what it was was that it was also quite expensive for yeah. rice, rice and beans and a meat. Yeah, especially because a lot of people come from Panama or Nicaragua like you and me did, where it's a lot cheaper for rice and beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, a staple and- when it's being cheap is rice and beans. And then all of a sudden you go to Costa Rica and you're paying what you're paying for expensive meals for rice and beans. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like 10 bucks a plate. And so if you're thinking two, three meals a day, that's a lot of money. For- yeah, you put that on top of accommodation, especially if you're in Tamarindo where you're looking at like 15 to $20 a night. La Fortuna, I was looking at something like 8 or $9 a night or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you put that on top of $30 a night for a meal, thankfully there are places that do have kitchens and stuff. Like Selena usually has a kitchen. So you can sort of cook your own stuff but I'm not much of a cook myself. You can also get those free breakfasts every now and then as well. Yeah, I always try and get the hostels that have the free breakfast and that definitely saves me. And That's a gold also there's, Oh, and well, and also like I did the struggling backpacker thing for so long. Now I have like a Tupperware thing in my backpack. And so yeah. breakfast has peanut butter and jelly. I'll make myself a sandwich for later or like make an egg sandwich and take it to have as a snack later on save some money and i'm not traveling with you if you're bringing egg sandwiches with us everywhere we go <laughs> i mean it's usually peanut butter and jelly but some eggs I like and PB&J, cheese. That's right. oh my gosh that's what i missed the most when i was in thailand yeah. my dad mailed me a jar of peanut butter i love that but yeah I, I did a lot of my own cooking in costa rica just because yeah. i feel like i didn't find a lot of snacks either yeah i, I found that as well it wasn't simple it was probably mm-hmm. the least simple location in central america i'd find Street food wasn't a big thing, you know. You almost have to have sit-in meals. It's the design of the culture, I think. Let's go down to Puerto Viejo now. I found Puerto Viejo to be super hippie. Very, yeah. I found it to be super slow. Everyone moves slow. Everyone talks slow. It's just chill. Did you do the sloths there? There was like a sloth sanctuary there or something? No, I had no idea. I saw fewer sloths than I was hoping to see in Costa Rica. But I would definitely recommend Cajuita. You can do it as a day trip from Puerto Viejo or like we went in the evening, stayed overnight at a place. Basically, it's this national park and you can hire a guide or you can just walk around on your own, which is what I did. And it's eight and a half kilometers, I think, through jungle, but it also like borders the sea. It's not a difficult hike at all. I was wearing flip flops. I saw the most wildlife, I think, of anywhere in Central America in this national park. Going over Costa Rica now with you. We have a lot of horror stories between the two of us. <laughs> that being said, we're only talking about the horror stories because they're the funny ones. That I mean, that's all oh, part of the adventure. Um, absolutely. That being said, I found Costa Rica to be a gorgeous location. If you jump into it with a positive mindset and you go and check out these unique locations, like the one that starts with T that you said with your fantastic <laughs> Spanish, or yes. even La Fortuna, these places mm-hmm. are still stunning places. It's just, there's always a fun story every now and then. And sometimes it's just a little bit unfortunate. <laughs> but what is traveling without these absurd anecdotes? Oh, absolutely. That's the fun of it, isn't it? <laughs> Stories to tell the grandkids. That pretty much sums up <laughs> Costa Rica, I reckon, for us. We'll jump onto you for the final call. 
Give us your favorite travel story of anywhere in the world. I was in Borneo because again, God, it just keeps coming back to animals. I've wanted to go to Borneo since I was like eight years old. Yeah. So I went to the Malaysian side and saw all the animals. The orangutans was wonderful. And then I went to this cultural center that basically talked about all the different indigenous people that live on the island. And I learned about this tribe, the Dayak tribe. They used to be headhunters or they are headhunters. And I got in my head that like, I want to go live with the Dayak tribe for a minute. It took a lot of Googling, a deep dive and a lot of emails, but I found these guys that were willing to take me on the Indonesian side into the jungles of central Kalimantan, Borneo. How long were we there? We were there for maybe five days and it was incredible. But one of the things that makes it so interesting is they had planned this whole welcome party for us, like singing, dancing, the whole shebang. However, someone had passed away about three hours before we arrived. And in their culture, there's no singing and dancing, celebrating after someone's died for like several months, which was understandable. So instead of this welcome party, Kelly and I became part of this uh, funeral. So we took part in this ritual where we saw them putting him in the trunk of an ironwood tree, but the tree trunk was, that they brought was too small. So it took like a lot of finessing to get him in. And it was like, oh my goodness. Meanwhile, everyone's ogling the two foreigners. Everyone's like, who are these people? What's going on? So everyone's trying to come like offer us like drinks of their traditional like rice wine things. And so we're like drinking with these people and trying to like communicate. But also there's like a dead body being shoved into a tree trunk over here. And then we're being like blessed by a shaman. And then I wanted to like express my condolences to the man's family. And so I asked my guides, like, so we had four guides for the two of us. We had two that spoke English and Bahasa and two that spoke Bahasa and the local language. So I'd ask them, like, how do I say, like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I am terrible with languages. So I keep trying to repeat what they're saying. And I am just butchering it. Luckily, everyone found it endearing. And like, the father was like cracking up. The mom was crying still. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, but the dad was laughing hysterically. These would be terrifying. They're headhunters. <laughs> it was. And then they gave us like these gifts of these like glass bowls and they wanted to take pictures with us. So I have a picture of Kelly and me in this tribe next to the ironwood coffin thing. In a tree. Yeah. Yeah. This tree holding these glass bowls they've given us. I look absolutely confused because like I don't want to smile because we're at a funeral yeah. and that seems rude. Kelly has this big ass smile on her face. Yeah, Kelly's got this big ass smile on her face. I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful. But instead, the face that ended up, I look semi-constipated. And I'm just like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not great. Uh, but that's what we ended up with. So Wow. Okay, that one's, that's unique. That's... <laughs> All right. I, okay, I definitely need to bring you back for the Borneo episode then, because that's just a teaser. Oh, um, man, yeah. It was, it was great. I yeah. absolutely, that was an amazing experience. I would do that a hundred times over. All right. So going forward, what are the three things you want to tick off your bucket list when you get the chance? I've always wanted to do some sort of safari. Mm-hmm. I know there's like a lot of countries that offer all sorts of different kinds of safaris. Again, with the biodiversity, I would love to see the Amazon. Oh my gosh, that would be a dream. And then the, the Great Pyramids. I took Egyptology in college because I thought I wanted to be an archaeologist, but the class was a lot more categorizing shards than talking about mummies. So I abandoned that shortly thereafter. 
<laughs> Whatever. I became a neuroscientist. It's fine. But I feel like that would be super duper cool. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on board, being a part of the Itchy Feet community, Kobe. I want to thank you for coming along. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. And for all those people listening around the world, thank you for joining us again. Please subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or any of the platforms that you choose. Please rate us five stars if you get the chance as well. It does really help. If you have any comments or any stories that you would like to share of your own, feel free to go across to nomadcoops.com, click on the Itchy Feet podcast link, and go down to the bottom and send us some of your tips and stories to share with everyone else as well. As always, we'll be back next week with a brand new guest in a brand new country. So see you then on the Itchy Feet podcast.